0: Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophets Speak. Today we continue our study of Shemuel Aleph, the first book of Samuel. We are up to chapter 25. We completed the last chapter where we had this incredible encounter between Shaul, between Saul, and David and David, uh, where David had the chance to easily kill Saul um, and end his... uh, life of running as a as a as a refugee as a as a wanted a fugitive and possibly even take over the kingdom for himself but david in his incredibly noble uh and um magnanimous act david chose to leave saul alone to allow him to leave in safety and uh, simply because david did not want his Leadership, his monarchy to begin in violence, to begin with murder, and to begin by killing the king of the people of Israel, which Saul at the time still was. This was a tremendous act and told us so much about who David was. This next chapter, the one that we're about to study, gives us a little bit of a different side of David. We're going to learn that David was, uh, although he was very, He acted nobly and acted morally and ethically in the appropriate way. In the previous story, David was not a wimp, so to speak. He was not a pushover. And when justice mattered for his people, when it wasn't just a personal issue, but when it mattered for his people, David was perfectly willing to stand up and fight when it was necessary uh, for justice. And this we we're gonna read about in this coming chapter of 25. So we're, again, this all of these stories help us understand and help us get a, a glimpse of just who David was and why he was chosen as the first king of Israel. And all of the stories actually that we're gonna read about David in his early days before he was king, while he was a fugitive, and then as he became king, we're gonna get a sense of who he was and what his character traits were that Made him the leader and the founder of the dynasty that was to lead the people of Israel into the future, and and indeed uh, until the end of times. Vayyomah Shmuel. It starts off with one verse referring to the death of Shmuel, the death of Samuel. Samuel being the the venerable sage, the leader, the one that anointed Saul, the one that anointed David, the one that he himself before the anointing of a king of Saul, was the leader of the people, was the judge, the final of the period of judges, and the one who gave birth to the period of monarchy. Shmuel passed away, and all of the people of Israel, presumably Saul and David, it says all of Israel came, and they, they, they eulogized him, and he was buried in his home um, in Ramah. Uh, this doesn't necessarily mean in his house. When it says in his home, it means in his home place, the, his hometown, which is Ramah, which we've heard about many times. David, and after, presumably after the period of mourning was over, David got up, left that place, Vayerid al Midbar Paran, and he went down to the wilderness of Paran. There's uh, several mentions of the Midbar Paran, the wilderness of Paran, in the Torah. Uh, that we find while the people of Israel were wandering in the wilderness, this is not the same in midbar Paran. Um, this midbar Paran is in the land of Israel. Now, the um, the uh, what we're about, to, you know, David now took on the life of a Bedouin. He led his people, while Saul remained the king. David was in the wilderness, leading his band of supporters. Um, the, uh, the type of justice which was accepted in the, among the, I, I call them Bedouin tribes because that's most something the most familiar that we can compare it to today. These were people that mostly made their living um, uh, off of their animals, their sheep. Also, uh, they might have done some agriculture as well, and, uh, and, but primarily they were shepherds, and primarily they raised sheep and goats. Uh, sold the wool, um, etc. And this is how they made their living. And they wandered through the wilderness. Be'ish b'ma'on, there was a man in a place called Ma'on, who ma'aseu ve'karmel, and his his, his uh, possessions were in Carmel. So Carmel is an area in uh, northern Israel where there was uh, a pasture for the sheep to, to go. So the man himself lived in Ma'on, and his sheep wandered in pasture, presumably... Uh, led by his shepherds, by his workers he was a uh, he was a big man literally gadol here is referring to presumably his wealth. He was a wealthy man. Velo so I wasn't talking about his physical size and he he had many sheep, he had three thousand sheep him and he had a thousand goats. Uh, so he was a wealthy man um, you know when it came time to shear his sheep, he had a lot of money coming in uh Vahebgezos Estonova Carmel and it was when it was time this this story occurred when it was time to uh, shear the sheep in Carmel Vshemhoish Naval and the name of the man was Naval now Naval for those that are familiar with the Hebrew language Naval is a name but it also means uh, the best translation I've seen is a boar B O O R a just uh, a a a lowly non-pleasant man uh, uh, a, a, a a um a bully almost but just uh, just a not nice person disgusting person Vishem ishto avigail and the name of his wife was avigail now avigail is a very beautiful name it means my father which is a reference to god brings joy so god brings joy so we have a man and a woman with very different names and as we'll see in the story also very different personalities voeisha and the verse here tells us right away, she was a very intelligent woman, and a very beautiful woman. So she was both um, uh, an intelligent and it doesn't see, when it describes her intelligence, it says, she was of good intelligence. It uses the language of good, meaning she was a, a not just smart, but, but very moral, ethical, uh, good person, and also a beautiful woman. But the man, was a very stubborn man, a hard man, and his deeds were evil. bi, And um, he was a descendant of Kalev, of Caleb. Um, this is not very um, uh, a badge of honor for Caleb to have a descendant like this, but that's this was the story David And David heard, in the wilderness, David was a band living in the wilderness, ki gozez naval et sono. That naval was shearing his sheep. It was shearing time, which was a time of great joy. It's time to accumulate. Now, all the product that they've been raising all of these months is now time to shear the sheep, sell the wool, and presumably make a lot of money. Now, um, before I continue, it's important to give a little introduction to what the Bedouin law was, and if I'm not mistaken, having seen this in several places, still is in parts of the world. It's understood that when then, people in the desert are, are uh, the, the, when, when someone is shepherding their sheep, when the Bedouin is shepherding their sheep throughout the hills and mountains and fields and valleys of the, of the wilderness area, obviously they're very susceptible to numerous dangers, uh, danger of predators, uh, you know, animal predators could come attack the sheep, and this is the, the job of the shepherd is, of course, not only to bring his sheep to good pasture so they get to eat and good water, they get to drink and make sure that they are cared for, but also to protect them from these kinds of threats, but also from people, predator, human predators, uh, robbers, thieves, bandits that have every reason to try and steal the sheep, etc. When there are people out in the fields that 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 do not um, that act in such a way that they ward off the uh, evildoers wor- ward off these bandits and keep them away and keep and help keep the sheep safe even though they weren't officially hired by the owner of the sheep It's understood that when there's people peaceful people out there there's a, a form of protection that they give to the sheep which is very important which is very valuable. Um, people's presence also protects the sheep from from predators animals etc so it was accepted uh, uh, norm and that when um that when if there's a band of people out there who rather than harass the shepherds and the sheep they protected them um that they would get repaid for their kindness when it came the time to shear the sheep. This was just understood. This was something, this was the way that it was then. Without signing any official contracts or being hired or being officially guardians of the sheep, it was accepted that they would get some repayment for being peaceful for not harassing the sheep, but instead providing some form of protection. Just people in general around that allow the sheep to graze and allow the sheep to peacefully go about their business that in it of itself is considered a benefit to the owner of the sheep. So, And therefore, David sent 10 of his young boys that were with him. And David gave them instructions when he sent them and told them as follows. Go up to Carmel, right, which is where the sheep are going to be sheared. And I want you to come to Navol. And when you get to him, I want you to greet him in my name in peace. Greet him nicely. Say, "Hey, we are here as messengers of David, um, and we come in peace." And I want you to say to him, "So it is for life." Right? Or you know, it's it's almost like uh, similar to the way we say "lechayim." Lechayim is to life, right? To to happiness, to life, to joy. This is a wonderful time. And you have peace for yourself. And peace for your home. Obviously, this is a very wonderful time to see all of the fruits of his labor, all of the profits from his products. And everything that you have, shalom should be at peace. So this is a, a wonderful verse so on everything peace and beautiful and wonderful this is a time of very great joy and I heard now shamati I have heard he goes that now we are they are preparing the uh, shearing time right right and now um, I mean you are doing the shearing now and Haro and the shepherds that are you you know your shepherds that work for you are you Imanu? they were with us they were, when they were out in the wilderness and you were back home in your house right they were out in the wilderness with us lohekhlamnu we didn't uh, uh, sh- uh, shame them right we didn't hurt them there was not a uh, a single thing of theirs that we ever took. We never took. We protected them rather than harassed them. All of the time that they were shepherding their sheep throughout the fields and mountains of the Carmel. And if you want verification of this fact, obviously you weren't out there. You were sitting in the comfort of your home while all this was going on. So go ahead, ask your boys. And they will tell you. So therefore, uh, you know, once you verify this, I want you to uh, remember these other boys speaking to Naval in the name of David. And this is what David is instructing them to say. So, v'yim uh, and then these boys, in other words, us, should find favor in your eyes. Ki al-yom tov banu, because we came on a wonderful day, a, a happy day, a day of celebration. Tinana, give us, asher yod that which you can afford that which you desire to give to your servants, to Levincha, David and to your son, David. In other words, David presenting himself in a humble way, um, but saying, you know, we're due some kind of reward for this. Some food, some money, some, you know, some some maybe some animals to eat, etc. Some of the wool to sell, right? This, is, this was the accepted custom in those days, and David fully expected Naval, to live up to what was expected of him. And the boy, David's boys came. And they spoke this whole speech as they were instructed, just as they were, uh, in the name of David. And then they finished their speech, waiting for an answer. This is we're up to verse 10. And Naval answered the servants of David, and he said and follows Me, David, who is this David guy? Me, Venishai, who is this son of Jesse? Who is this? There are so many uh, servants that run away from their masters. This is clearly a reference to the fact that David used to be a servant at the court of the king, Saul. Then he ran away into the field. So who is he? He's a nothing. He's a nobody. He's just a fugitive running away from the king. There's tons of slaves running around the wilderness that escaped their masters. He belongs back with his master. V'lakakti et lachmi, that I should take my bread, verses verse ten uh, verse 11, that may my and my water, ate tibchasi, and my slaughtered animals, my meat, asher tafakti that I slaughtered to, to feed those that are doing my shearing. And I should give them to men that I don't even know. Amy Zehema, I don't even know where they come from. This was his response. Very uh, not appreciative, uh, very inappropriate. Now remember, David was not just fighting for his own honor here, he was asking for his men, for his people, right? Their due for what they had done this whole time. So when you hurt David's people, David's response is going to be very different from when David was being attacked personally when we saw his response to Saul. David's young men turned and left their way. They turned back. They returned to David. And they got there. And they told him everything that had happened. David said immediately to his men, this is not tolerable. Put on your swords. That's it. David the warrior is now fighting for the honor of his men. They each put their swords on. And David also put on his sword. David, And they followed after David. Approximately 400 men. And approximately 200 men. Stayed with their things to guard the camp to make sure that uh, they weren't, if they all would have left, then no one would have stayed home to watch the things. So, Abigail Eshet Naval. Now, Abigail, who was the wife of Naval, he gid nar orim lamar. One of the young men from the boys said as follows. He, you know, he, uh, he, so, so one of the young men that was there, at when the boys, when when David's men, spoke to Na'val and heard what happened, he went to Na'val's wife and told her, David David sent messengers from the Midbar, from the wilderness, to give, to give blessings to our master, to Na'val. Right? They get, they came in peace. They came. They blessed him. But he chucked them out. He he spit them out. means. Uh, he, he spurned them as for the best uh, translation I've seen and the truth is is that these people were right they deserved to get something they deserved to be treated better because they were very good to us they didn't hurt us there wasn't a single thing missing every single one of our sheep and goats were taken care of they didn't steal anything they didn't take anything they didn't hurt anything all the time that we were with them when we were there with them in the field. And this was very g- important because until now, from their words, all they were saying is that David didn't hurt them. Not hurting them doesn't gain you any special prize, even though in, the, with the, in Bedouin justice it did. But he emphasizes they were like a wall for us. In other words, they protected us. Gam Nights and days. So in all those days that we were with them Shepherding the sheep So they protected us and They deserve some much better treatment than that They deserve something from this bounty and now You need to know this And you have to see and think What it is that you are going to do because this young man realized that Naval had done a very stupid move starting up with David and that he's getting himself into some steep trouble and and the the evil bad and 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 danger is and harm is threatening us against our master Kobeso and the, his entire house all of us who are his servants, his family who ben love and he was, he was just such a... A Ben Bilial is a, a gruff and and um, and arrogant, uh, uh, n- uh, you know, uh, punk or a nobody. From the way he spoke to him, in other words, the way Naval, your husband, spoke to him was like a Ben Bilial. He was just a terrible, awful person. The way he spoke to him, and he's going to pay for it, and we're all going to pay for it. So think about it. He told Abigail, think about some response that you could. That you could say. Abigail. So Abigail rushed. Mosaim Lechem and she took two hundred loaves of bread, Ushnayim and two jugs or barrels of wine, the and five sheep asuyos that were prepared, in other words, slaughtered and cooked and ready, the and five a saw. those are measures of of, of dried um a grain, and I uh, like to eat, and a hundred um, cakes of dried out grapes like raisins, and two hundred um, uh, cakes of figs, and she loaded them onto donkeys. And she said to her young men, I want you to pass in front of me, I will be coming after you. And she did not tell her husband Naval what she was doing. And she was riding on a donkey, and she was going down. The hahar—it's often could be translated as a trail on the hill, but it also means being hidden by the hill in such a way that noval wouldn't be able to see her. Um, uh, so, so. Um, and David and his men were coming down. Apparently, they were on the way to Nobal, coming down the mountain. And she met them. This is going to conclude the first half of chapter 25. I'll stop here and we'll complete this chapter. At we'll see what happened with the encounter between Abigail and David and we'll continue from here in the next chapter. Thank you so much for studying chapter 25 together with me, part A. Looking forward to studying part B together, and of course the rest of this beautiful book of Samuel.